So I have a question for you this morning. Do you know what the world's oldest profession is? The world's oldest profession. The world's oldest profession. Well, let me, let me just read it to you. The world's oldest profession is gardening. Did you know that? Gardening. Here it is. Genesis 2, verse 8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. There it is. God created a beautiful garden. God created Adam, placed Adam in the garden, and said, Adam, you are a gardener. <laughs> Cultivate and take care of the garden. The world's oldest profession is gardening. Now, I know that some of you are awesome gardeners. You love to garden. You're probably you know, kind of up there in the professional garden uh, range. How many of you would say, whether you're amateur or whether you're a really advanced gardener, how many of you have ever gardened? How many of you ever worked in the garden? Would you raise your hand? Okay, if you've ever worked in a garden, okay, good share of us. And, and if your hand's not up, I bet you know a gardener, right? You know a friend or a family member or a neighbor who has a garden. Well, I am very much an amateur gardener. I don't put a lot of time, effort, energy into it, but I enjoy gardening. And I thought, hey, we're talking about gardening. I'll bring some of my produce to uh, show you. These tomatoes, beautiful, luscious tomatoes. You, I bet you don't believe that I, that I raised these. Well, I did. These, these are my tomatoes. And here's a big cucumber. So that's part of the produce from my garden. Put you guys right there. And then I have some green beans. Green beans that should have been picked two weeks ago. They're, 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 not, they're looking a little nasty, but, I, but green beans. I told you I was an amateur gardener, okay? I don't, I don't go out there every day. I don't do sometimes once a week. It's pretty good for me, Ed, uh, okay? So cut me some slack. Okay. Uh, and then, how about this? A pepper. I got a pepper. Now, it's not a big pepper, but it's a little mini pepper. So that's the produce from my garden. Well... Whether you have a flower garden or a vegetable garden, whether you know anything about gardeners, whether you're like me, an amateur gardener uh, or know a gardener, we love uh, gardening here at Asbury. We have a long history of gardening in our community. Madison Area Food Pantry Gardens, going back 35 years to Ken Whitty, who is now deceased, enjoying glory, but Ken Whitty 
got us into gardening 35 years ago before my time here. But Mr. Seeds, Ken Whitty, he has a garden named after him in the Madison Food Pantry Garden. It's called the Ken Whitty Garden. Some of you had a chance to meet Ken. Uh, we, we are now so blessed to be continuing to serve in the Madison Area Food Pantry Gardens through the Forward Garden. And Brian Iron is such a champion for the Forward Garden in the part of the Madison Area Food Pantry Gardens. We're serving out there. We're supporting the Madison Food Pantry Gardens. There's a slide up on the screen. Um, if you could throw that back up there, because I want you to know the next two dates. The next two dates are coming up that we've committed to two dates in August, August 13th and August 27th, 9 to 11 in the morning. We've been a part of the planting and the weeding, but guess what? Now we get to harvest. That's the fun. So I invite you to consider coming out either the 13th of August, 27th of August, or both days, 9 to 11, we're going to do some harvesting, and that'll be, that'll be fun. Well, gardening can be a lot of work, uh, a lot of sweat and toil, but gardening can also be a lot of fun, can relieve stress, and can be rather rewarding when we see the results, even if we haven't tended too well to our garden, when we see the results uh, and the produce that comes from a garden. Well, where does this all fit? Well, our hymn for the day that you chose, top 10, one of the top 10 favorites of Asbury when we did our voting back in May and early June, our hymn for the day is titled, In the Garden. In the Garden. And it was inspired by another garden scene from the Bible. Not the garden scene of Genesis chapter 2, but the garden scene that we read about in John chapter 19. Let's read John 19, beginning in verse 38. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly. <laughs> Every time I read that, like a disciple of Jesus, but secretly. Can you be a secret disciple of Jesus? Mm. Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a, mix, a, a mixture of myrrh and alloys, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, here it is, there was a garden. And in the garden, in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was empty, they laid Jesus there in the garden in a new tomb. Jesus was buried in a garden, in a new tomb. Have you ever seen that in Scripture? Adam was placed in the first garden, the Garden of Eden. Jesus, referred to in the Bible as the second Adam or the last Adam, was buried in a garden in Jerusalem. Garden to garden. 
Then we have the resurrection account given to us, as I was reading in John, given to us by John as you continue reading in John chapter 20, the the resurrection account of Jesus according to the gospel writer John. Then in verse 11, now Mary came to the garden tomb early in the morning and the first day of the week, Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head where Jesus' body had been and one and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. I mean, she's in the garden, so she's thinking he was the gardener. She said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Mary encounters Jesus in the garden where Jesus was buried. But because she was so overwhelmed with grief and sadness, so overwhelmed with her own tears and emotion that she did not recognize him, she probably had her face down. She was crying, distraught, weeping and crying. She did not recognize him. She thought he was the gardener. Naturally, she's in this garden and where the new tomb was laid, and so she thought he was the gardener. But then Jesus said, Mary. And when Jesus spoke her name, she recognized him as Rabboni, teacher. Garden to garden. And it is this garden scene, it is this passage of Scripture, Mary encountering Jesus in the garden, that provides the inspiration for this uh, one of the all-time favorite hymns, In the Garden. In the garden. Let's do a little background, a little history. I've been trying throughout the summer to give a little background, a little history to some of these great hymns. Well, In the Garden was written by C. Austin Miles in 1913. 1913. And Miles was a pharmacist, but later in life became a gospel songwriter. Uh, Austin Miles had as a hobby photography. He built his own developing room where he developed a film. And he discovered one day that he could read his Bible uh, in the special red lighting of the dark room. He he was able to still read his Bible in the special red lighting of the dark room. And so so, uh, one day he was uh, reading, and of course as a gospel song writer, he was uh, always uh, uh, had his ears and his eyes open for... Uh, ideas for songs as he was reading scripture. 
So one day in March of 1913, he's in his dark room and he's waiting for the film to develop and he has the, the red light, he's reading the Bible and his Bible kind of opens up as he starts to read to John chapter 20, the passage I just read, the story of Jesus coming, or of Mary coming to the garden tomb to, to anoint Jesus' body with spices and oils. And she finds an empty tomb. And as he was reading that scene, that garden scene from John chapter 20, he suddenly had a vision, kind of a dream, and he suddenly imagined himself that he was present with Mary and Jesus uh, on this glorious occasion in that garden, witnessing this wonderful event. He wrote, this is not an experience limited to a happening 2,000 years ago. This is not an experience limited to an experience, an event happening 2,000 years ago. No, it is daily companionship with the Lord that makes up the Christian life. It is daily companionship with the risen Lord that makes up the Christian life. This is what he was inspired uh, to, to, to write in, in, in the inspiration of those moments as he was in this dream, vision, imagination stage of imagining that he was with Mary and Jesus in the garden. This is what he wrote. It was though I was in a trance as I read it that day. I seemed to be part of the scene. I became a silent witness to that dramatic moment in Mary's life when she knelt before her Lord and cried, Rabboni. I rested my hands on the open Bible and I seemed to be standing at the entrance of a garden. A woman in white with head bowed, hand clasping her throat as if to choke back her sobs, walked slowly into the shadows. It was Mary. She came to the tomb, then bent over to look in, and then turned away. She wept. Turning to look, she saw Jesus Standing there, so did I. I knew it was Jesus. She knelt before him with arms outstretched and looking into his face, cried, Rabboni. Austin Miles said later that in the inspiration of those moments, the, the words and the phrases came quickly and freely to him. And, and he wrote, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me and he talks with me 
And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And the words came, the phrases came quickly and freely, and he kept writing. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet, the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. And he writes, verse 3, I'd stay in the garden with him though the night around me be falling. But he bids me go through the voice of woe. His voice to me is calling. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. What inspiration Austin Miles received as he imagined himself in the garden with Mary encountering Jesus and experiencing that encounter himself. And I love how he wrote, this is not an experience limited to a happening 2,000 years ago. It is the daily companionship with the Lord that makes up the Christian life. So simple, but so profound. It's not an experience just for 2,000 years ago. It's a daily companionship with the Lord that make up the Christian life. We, 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 have, we have this uh, amazing truth, an amazing invitation from the Lord to walk with Him and to talk with Him every day to walk with him and to talk with him and to hear him say to us, you are my own. <laughs> to, to hear him name us as his own and, and to experience joy as we wait, as we tarry there, to experience joy that none other has ever known. I, 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 I find this idea of garden really quite fascinating as you unpack that um, scene, as you unpack that word and, and what garden means in the Bible. Stay, please stay with me on this one. We have uh, Adam, as we talked about, created and placed in the garden. You are a gardener. You are a gardener. Then Jesus, often referred to as the second Adam or the last Adam, is resurrected, is placed in a garden tomb and then is resurrected in a garden. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, before he was betrayed, uh, and, and the next day he was going to be crucified, where did Jesus go to pray? The garden of Gethsemane. And then as Jesus was dying on the cross, as, uh, at, at that moment of Jesus' greatest agony on the cross, what does he say to the repentant thief who is dying on a cross next to him. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. That word paradise, paradiso, is the same word in Hebrew, Greek, and Persian that is best translated garden. 
garden. Today you'll be with me in the garden, in paradise. Inviting people into God's presence, into God's ultimate garden, was one of Jesus' last human acts from the cross. Jesus, the second Adam, restores what was lost because of the first Adam's sin. Because of the first Adam's sin in the garden, Adam sinned in the garden, Jesus now is resurrected in the garden to restore what was lost. As you look at Scripture, God spends the entirety of Scripture to get us to come back into God's garden, back into the fullness of God's presence. And he does that through Jesus. So we can discover our best selves, our truest and fullest self, restored by Jesus. Mary thought he was the gardener, restored by the master gardener. Jesus is the master gardener wanting to restore us to a life of flourishing and abundance and fruitfulness. In fact, the book of Revelation <laughs> tells us, and by the way, Revelation was written by the Gospel writer John. Gospel writer John, what I read from John chapter 20, wrote this revelation of the Lord, his dream and vision the Lord gave him on the island of Patmos, wrote the book of Revelation, and, and so the book of Revelation tells us that God is restoring us to a perfect garden reality. Restoring us to a perfect garden reality. Last chapter of the book. Last chapter of God's revelation to us. Chapter 22. Listen to this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. As clear as crystal. Remember what was in the garden of Eden back in Genesis 2, a river? The angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Jesus oftentimes referred to in Scripture as the Lamb of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit. 12 crops of fruit, luscious garden. 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse, curse of sin from Adam. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the, of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. <laughs> the Bible begins in a garden with the first Adam. God sends Jesus, and he's buried in the garden, resurrected in the garden to restore us, to heal us, to save us. And the Bible ends with the ultimate renewed, restored garden. With Jesus on the throne, Jesus the second Adam on the throne, and all those in heaven recognizing him, and all those in heaven marked 
with his name. That's where we're going. That's the vision. That's the revelation. That new, eternal garden of God's presence and life and abundance, fruitfulness and flourishing. And, and, it, and here's, well that's good news, but here's also good news. Until that day, we have the privilege and the opportunity to walk with him and to talk with him. And to hear him say to us daily, you are my own. You are my own. And to experience joy, joy as we tarry and wait for him, joy like none other has ever known. And, and we can discover, as Austin Miles discovered, that Mary's encounter with Jesus in the garden is not just a happening, some experience that happened 2,000 years ago. No, it's that sweet companionship with the risen Lord that marks the Christian life. <laughs> May it be so for you and me today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the garden. We thank you and praise you for the fullness of your presence. We thank you for Mary's encounter with your son Jesus that gives us a little taste of the daily walk that we can have with you. We thank you for the inspiration of Austin Miles. We thank you, God, that you meet us today through your son Jesus to restore us, to heal us, and to enable us to flourish in life. It's a vision of that eternal great garden with you forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen.